and gentlemen, Rob here, Rob Port here on 970 WDAY. Natil, I can't even get my own name right today. You got it right. You just had it in the wrong order with other words in your sentence. Yeah, I stumbled a little bit. (laughs) How the hell are you this afternoon? Very well. You got plans for the uh, holiday weekend coming up? Um, I am planning on playing a lot of video games and hopefully getting my uh, YouTube and Twitch stream channels back in working order. Well, that is nice. That Twitch stuff is big now. I mean, that's yeah, that's big deal these days. That and YouTube. Even, even I know that. I haven't played. I haven't played video games since like the Super Nintendo. But well, then you're way behind the curve. I'm afraid. I do. I do keep up. I. I think it's fascinating. I. I think just as, just as a general appreciator of of online media, I do keep up with like the, uh, the video gaming uh, and how it's sort of become its own esports and stuff like that. I think it's fascinating even though i don't play video games i think it's just it's kind of a neat little culture that has cropped up around it i think it's cool i wish i were good enough at any of the games that have an esport around them to play in an esport one of the kids that graduated with my younger sister is actually a um, professional starcraft 2 player and he's won a lot of money in a lot of really big tournaments amazing good for him i think it's i think it's so cool Speaking of the holiday, uh, we do have some changes coming up. Uh, we have uh, tomorrow, it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, Jay Thomas is off in the afternoon. Uh, so I'm actually, this show is going to be prolonged. Natil and I are going to be putting in a little extra time uh, on this show. Uh, so we'll be on uh, from uh, until 3 o'clock. Uh, and then we'll have, uh, Jay will have a uh, guest host from 3 to 5. That's tomorrow. And then coming up Monday, obviously, it's Memorial Day. Uh, so we will have uh, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. ABC presents America Remembers. It's a nice Memorial Day special. You'll want to tune in, tune in for that. Uh, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., which encompasses this show, will be the Dave Ramsey Show. Uh, 2 to 5 p.m. will be uh, a, a best of the Jay Thomas Show. Uh, we'll have news from 5 to 6.30 p.m. Uh, there will be no track talk with Jason Berg Monday night uh, due, to the, due to the holiday. Uh, track talk will air Tuesday night, 6.30 to 8 p.m. So just giving you a little bit of an update on uh, on the holiday schedule, uh, particularly for the afternoon. So like I said, extended show tomorrow. Coming up a little bit later on this show, we're going to have on Ryan Mahoney. He is the communications director for the Republican National Committee. We're going to talk uh, we're going to talk about Obamacare. We are going to talk uh, and, and obviously what Republicans are trying to replace it with. We're going to talk Trump's budget. And uh, right now, though, we're going to talk. You see this news coming out of Montana, Natil? Yeah, it's been all over the place. Good lord! And between that and the body slam, and it's it's. So I I guess I uh, you know, as the news broke, it seemed like you know the 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 story was that that the candidate. Let me. I want to preface it with this. There's no question that the at, at this point that the candidate put his hands on a reporter, and that is inexcusable. Uh, he has been cited for that. He needs to be held responsible for that. Uh, just there's there's no way to spin it. There's no excuse for it. What he did was wrong. Now, I guess there was, um, uh, you know, the way it was initially described and reported is that he, like, grabbed the guy by the neck and slammed him to the ground. Now, I guess there's some shifting going on. There's no video of what happened. There's audio, and you can certainly hear that it was uh, a, a very aggressive altercation between uh, the reporter and the candidate, 
but I guess now they're saying that like he grabbed the clothing on either side of the reporter's neck instead of putting his hands around the reporter's neck. I don't know how much difference that makes. I don't think that makes any difference at all. The candidate acted inappropriately. So that is what it is. But let me let me posit this to you, Natil, because what's interesting about this race, and obviously everybody's looking to it like we always do with these special elections. We're looking at it for some portent for uh, this coming election cycle, right? Everybody's trying to read the tea leaves in these special elections. I generally think that's a futile exercise. I don't know. You know, the Republican wins, the Democrat. Usually it has more to do with local issues on the ground than it does any sort of a national trend. I don't think there's a lot these races tell us. But that's what everybody tries to do. And so obviously this was a special election race that a lot of people were thinking, well, if the Democrats make it closer than it should have been, or if the Democrats even win the race, it it means things for larger political trends in the United States. But here's the thing, right? This guy may still win. I mean, he's been cited for assaulting a a reporter. He pretty clearly did it. He put his hands on, on the reporter. We might quibble about the details, but he put his hands on a reporter, and that's inappropriate. But he might win anyway because two-thirds, the estimates that I'm saying are two-thirds of the electric may have already voted in this election through early voting. Now, I don't know how the rest of you feel. I don't really like early voting. I've never really liked it. I like the idea of having an election cycle where we all listen to the candidates. We listen to them make their case until election day, and then we vote on election day. And I'm not sure that having, like, election weeks is all that good of an idea. I I, I get the argument about making it easier to vote and taking some of the stress off or whatever, but I think we're better served by having election day, not election weeks. And I think... This is part of the reason why, because on the eve of special election day, the candidate does something pretty atrocious. Three Montana newspapers have withdrawn their endorsement from this guy because of what he did to this reporter. I have I, I got to think, Natil, that there's a lot of Montanans today who wish they could change their vote. Oh, I would bet so. I mean, I don't I don't know if it's enough of them to make a difference in the election total, but... You know, when it when it comes to something like this, I can't imagine that there aren't at least some that are saying, wow, this guy really fell off his rocker here. Maybe we don't want him representing our state as our sole representative in the House. I, I, I think if, it, if there were no special vote, if there were no special, excuse me, if there were no early voting, I think he loses. I, I, I think Gianforte loses. And I because I, I don't th- I think people would go to the polls. That would be fresh in their minds. And he loses. As it is now, most of the people in Montana who are going to vote in this election have already voted. Now, he could still lose the election, right? I mean, I, I, I think it was shaping up to maybe be closer than a lot of people expected. But I don't know. To, to me, this is why you vote on Election Day. You wait to the end. You hear the cases both make. You give them the maximum amount of time to make their cases and to make sure, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And then you vote. That's what I think. Love to hear what you think. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. Don't go away. She called me late last night. Say she loved me so. Big. 
Welcome back, Rob Port, here on 970 WDAY. We're talking about this thing out of uh, Montana. And by the way, we had a little bit of a change with our uh, guests here at 1.30, where we, we were going to be joined by Ryan Mahoney, communications director for the uh, RNC, but he apparently had a uh, meeting, so we're going to get the deputy comms director, uh, Lindsay Jancic. So she's going to be on uh, here coming up at 1.30. We're going to talk about Trump's budget, health care reform, all that fun stuff. Uh, but right now we're talking about the uh, incident over in Montana where you had uh, the Republican candidate. And it's it's a special election uh, that, that was held by a Republican, Ryan Zinke, who has been appointed to be Depart- uh, Secretary of the Interior in the Trump administration. So they're holding a special election to fill his vacated seat. Uh, and Greg Gianforte, who is the Republican candidate, uh I, I think I think it's fair to say assaulted a, a reporter from The Guardian. Emailer says, uh, I hope that guy gets elected in Montana. Maybe the reporters won't be so pushy from now on. Uh, maybe the rest will learn their lesson. Oh, boy. I don't agree with that at all. I, I don't I don't care who you are. Right, left, center, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Green Party. I don't I don't care. You don't get to put your hands on somebody. Now, if it, was the reporter being too pushy? I, I don't know. I wasn't there, uh, but if the reporter was, let's let's suppose for a moment that the reporter was being too pushy, and was was coming up to the candidate and grabbing his phone, and I mean that we've we've had some stories out of the Gianforte campaign. I don't know how much credibility to put in them, but let's suppose that let's suppose that the reporter was overstepping his lines. Um, grabbing the candidate's phone or touching the candidate or putting a recorder in his face or whatever, the appropriate thing to do is for the candidate to criticize the reporter, maybe call the reporter's editor and say, I don't appreciate, I, 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 I don't appreciate that, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the way you're behaving. You know, I mean, that's, that's the way to act. You don't grab the reporter. You don't create a physical altercation. I mean, listen, I, I get tensions between the quote-unquote mainstream media, the press, and everybody else, it seems, are not good. The public's trust in the press is at at or near historic lows, right? Donald Trump, the president of the United States, has made it a part of his political platform to essentially make the press the enemy. I don't know if that's entirely fair. I don't know if that's entirely, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, listen, I got plenty of criticism for the press. I think I think there's plenty of valid criticism for the press. I think sometimes there's not enough diversity of thought in the press. I think sometimes there's a desire for sensationalism that skews fair coverage of the issues i do think conservatives get the short end of the stick from the press a lot of the time but if you get so frustrated with a reporter that you lay your hands on them that you assault them all you're doing is making them look sympathetic and by the way the press isn't the enemy either by the way they're not the enemy they're trying to do a job and they do it imperfectly, and there's plenty of room to criticize them, but they're not the enemy, and treating them like the enemy is not not the right way to go about doing things. 
888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. I, you know, it, it shocks me. And maybe it shouldn't in these polarized political times, Natil. But it surprises me that anybody would defend what happened over in Montana. I mean, it seems indefensible. Well, and you can't. I have issues with this whole, you know, all the, well, maybe the rest of the liberal media will fall in line now type of argument because this wasn't a reporter from CNN. This wasn't an MSNBC reporter. This was a reporter from The Guardian, which is a well-respected, middle-of-the-road British publication. Well, they're not middle-of-the-road. They're pretty left-wing, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, listen, I am am right-wing, Natil, right? So if I went to the the, the North Dakota Democratic Convention... And I was asking some tough questions. Would it be all right for for somebody there to grab me and throw me to the ground, put their hands on me? No, of course not. Just as it wouldn't be if Mike McFeely was at the Republican. I was at the last Republican convention with him. If he was there and some candidate got ticked off at him and put their hands on him. It's not right. Now, it doesn't matter if you think Mike McFeely's a jerk or you think Rob Port's a jerk. It doesn't matter if you think that we're, we're political weirdos that were well off on the right or the left. It doesn't matter. If you want to criticize us, then criticize us. Call us out. That's fine. But you can't assault us. You can't. You can't touch us. That's not how. That's not how we resolve things in America. Does that? I mean, that, and I think that's the point you're making as well, Natil. Yeah, absolutely, and especially, especially from a politician, because these are the people that we are expecting and entrusting to create the society and the rules for the society that we all are living in. And I don't know about you, but I don't want those rules to be determined by someone who can't handle difficult questions. Yeah. Well, right. I, I mean, I mean, I hate that they're kind of trying to hide behind this liberal media thing, right? Because, first of all, by doing that, I think you're undermining that argument. And I think it's a valid argument. I think there is an imbalance, and we could have a debate about it, and that's an issue for another day. But I believe that is a valid, valid argument. I look around the media landscape. I look around here in North Dakota, for instance. Who's the other conservative in the, Nor- in, in, in the North Dakota newspapers writing columns and stuff? Who's the other one? It's, it's me, right? In a, in a state dominated by Republicans, the one conservative columnist in the newspaper is me consistent so that's you know i i don't know i look around it it seems imbalanced to me it seems like we could do some more work to balance things out you know i i see i see the reporters nationally on twitter they're not tweeting out links to national review they're not tweeting out links to the weekly standard they're tweeting out links to salon and everything else because most of the reporters are liberals and that's that is what it is and I think that's a debate we can have, but that is not an excuse. You can't deploy that as an excuse for beating somebody up. All right. Uh, looks like we're not going to have our guests in the next hour, so that kind of stinks. Uh, but we're going to keep going. Open phone, 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report on 970 WDAY. 701-293-9000. If you want to join in, 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.top. Talking about this special election 
over in Montana where the Republican candidate, Greg Gianforte, last night had a physical altercation with a reporter. With a reporter. He has been uh, cited for that. Uh, I don't think there's any question that he did have a physical interaction with a reporter and that that is objectively wrong. Shouldn't do that. It's indefensible. Although some of the feedback I'm getting is defending it. Robert says, uh, I didn't know anything about Gianforte until now. I like how Gianforte uh, showed a sniveling twit journalist a lesson in Western civility. Uh, Craig says, uh, this may have gained him votes. Uh, Margaret says, the reporter could just as easily set this up, body slam and all. Uh, Did Gianforte take a run at him? I highly doubt that. Uh, He bumped him, and that could easily be set up by the reporter. Uh, Boy, I'm having a hard time buying this as a setup, Natil. A a setup? Come on. Yeah, no way. I I don't – even if – okay, again – Let's let's stipulate, and I'm not saying this is what happened, but let's stipulate for a moment that the reporter was trying to instigate something, right? The reporter was trying to antagonize the candidate. Even if that's true, does that excuse the candidate taking the bait? No, right? I mean, if 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 somebody is out there and they're saying mean things to you and they're doing things that are annoying you because they're trying to get you to do something. And then you turn around and pop them in the jar or something or assault them in some way, you're still guilty of assault. You don't get to you don't get to just put your hands on somebody because they're annoying you. So what he did was inappropriate. Emailer says, I don't approve of any candidate acting out in that way. I do think that the idea that early voting uh, I do think the idea early voting is a positive. Uh, there are many benefits, including but not limited to reduce stress on the voting polling locations and workers uh, further it offers greater access to voters to be part of the process uh, i am sure many people in montana that cast their vote may want to change it now but i am not sure one incident is a reason to call into question early voting that's reasonable um i haven't liked early voting and i again I, let me come at this a different way because my, my argument earlier in the show was essentially early voting if something happens late in the campaign and you've already cast your ballot, you can't change it. And I think that's one argument. But here's another argument. What if early voting contributes to political polarization? It contributes in this way. Imagine that there's a race, and it's a really heated race, and early on in that race you decide you like one of the candidates and, and you use whatever form of early voting to cast your ballot. And then things start coming out about your candidate and the natural impulse, because you've already made a decision and one that you can't necessarily pull back. I think the impulse that a lot of people are going to have because they already cast their ballot is to continue to defend that choice because they don't have an opportunity to change it. And even though it's secret, even though they don't have to tell people who they voted for, I think the impulse there is to defend their candidate no matter what. Now that that's already an impulse already. Lots and lots of people treat politics like a team sport, right? I'm on the Republican team, or I'm on the Democratic team, or I'm on the Libertarian uh, uh, team, or the Green Party team, or whatever. I'm on that team, and that's the candidate that I'm going to support no matter what. Too many people are doing that already. I wonder if early voting doesn't feed into that a little bit. 
to where, okay, well, I already cast my vote for my guy or my gal, as the case may be, and I can't change it now, so I'm going to defend him. And now we're all out there defending the indefensible. So, I don't know. It's a theory. Maybe it's not persuasive. And I get it, and I we're probably never putting the, uh, the early voting toothpaste back in the tube because, you know, people like it. And it is a perfectly valid argument to say that it reduces lines at, at polling stations and it makes it easier and more convenient to vote. Those are true things, and probably generally they're good things, but there are some drawbacks. I think the fact that you can't necessarily pull back that vote if your candidate gets caught doing something you really don't like later in the election, you can't undo it. And I think it may also contribute a little bit to polarization. Just a thought. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Let's see. What else? Um, Oh, I want to talk a little bit about Governor Doug Burgum. He got got ripped by the Bismarck Tribune today. so did you hear the governor had held a meeting with members of the oil and gas industry to talk about pipeline safety and how to how to better monitor, how to reduce leaks and incidents? Had that meeting, right? You hear about that? Yes. All right. So apparently the meeting, though, took place behind closed doors. Uh, it wasn't open to the public or the media. Uh, it was the governor just sitting down with the industry leaders, having a candid conversation. The Bismarck Tribune today took issue with that. They didn't like it. They thought it should have been open to the public. They wrote, I quote, when Governor Doug Burgum took office, we knew he would take a different approach to government. Unfortunately, that includes excluding the public from discussions that directly impact them. Uh, I I don't agree with that argument. I don't agree with the Bismarck Tribune. I wrote a post about it today in defense of the smoky back room. And let me preface this by saying that I am a big, big believer in transparency in government. I use our open records and open meeting laws a lot. I am a huge proponent of them. I am a big proponent of government transparency in general. I think the government ought to do its business in the light of day. That said, I do think there is a place for the smoky back room. That proverbial back room where politicians and other people are getting together to have candid conversations i think sometimes if everything has to be done in the light of day we can't reach that level of candidness and pretty soon what we would like to think are authentic conversations in good faith become so choreographed so stage managed so modulated because the public is viewing everything that it turns into pablum And it makes the goal I think we all want, which is the creation and deployment of good public policy, harder. And so our current open records laws and open meeting laws allow what Governor Doug Burgum did. And I think they should allow it. And I don't think he should be criticized with it. Now, I'm not saying I want a lot of business being done behind closed doors. But I think it's sometimes okay to sit down and just have an off-the-record conversation. I say good on Governor Burgum to do it. I'm glad he's sitting down with the oil industry and gas industry and trying to understand their issues and also trying to impart to them his desire that we get better at pipeline safety. I hope he has the same policy with other groups. 
This is something he ought to be doing. So I don't think it's right to criticize him. Love to hear what you think. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Jason has a comment. Go ahead, Jason. What's up? Hey, Rob. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. I just had yes, to sir. say that. Um, I, I think you're spot on with uh, what you're talking about with Burgum. Uh, okay. One thing I was going to mention about the early voting, I believe in North Dakota that if you have a problem and you think you voted wrong, that you can go back and get your uh, uh, vote and change it. I think that is the law in North Dakota. Can you now? No, no yeah. I wasn't aware of that. I believe so. I, I used to be involved in politics, and, and I believe that, that is the truth. Okay. Well, I would have to look that up. Um, yeah. You could be right, and if that is right, I wonder how many people would know know that. And I, I wonder, I mean, are, are, there, are there criteria you have to meet, or can you just no. do it for whatever reason? No. No, I think you can just go back and say, I made a mistake. I'd like to have my ballot back and, and change it. That, that's how I saw it, um, and I believe that, that is the truth. There's still got to be a cutoff time for that, though. I mean, the, the Gianforte thing obviously happened the day before oh, yeah. Election Day. Right. Uh, right. And no, so I'm, I, with I, I'm with you. Even, even in Montana, that's probably too short of a timeline for people to be pulling back their ballots. But, right, um, right. I don't know. That's very interesting. I guess I wasn't aware of that. You learn something new every day. Yeah. But like I said, I hope uh, Burgum continues to do what he's doing, uh, especially yeah. in uh, the state positions. I think there's you too know, many state positions, and I, I, I congratulate him for looking into uh, to saying that, you know, the state is not uh, here to just make jobs available for people. Right. you gotta earn your you got to earn your living. Well, so uh, something that something that Governor Burgum said early on is that he wanted to sit down and he wanted to listen to people, right? Like he wanted to learn, he wanted to listen. He made a big deal out of that during his the early days of his administration, and I think he was genuine about it. And I think this yep. meeting with the oil and gas industry is a manifestation of that desire. And the yep. thing, though, the thing though is that if he really wants to learn things from these constituencies that he wants to sit down with. Doing it behind closed doors is probably the best way to do it. Because otherwise, if you got the reporters in the room, the only thing you're going to get from the oil and gas industry is a press release, right? You're not well, really I, – I don't, I don't think you're really going to have, you know, a, a, a candid, you know, maybe 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 a little provocative discussion if it's going to be out in the public and, and could be turned into political talking points. Yeah, just, just imagine if the DAPL people showed up, you know. Right. I mean, that, that you wouldn't get anything out of that meeting either. I think he's doing the right thing. I, I think you're absolutely right. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. 701-293-9000, If you want to join in, email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back right after this. So go away. Welcome back, Rob Report on 970 WDAY. Email talk at WDAY.com if you want to join in. What do you think about Burgum meeting with uh, meeting with them behind closed doors at Tilly? You think that's a good idea? I don't necessarily see a problem with it. Um, I I would prefer that it necessarily that it didn't necessarily happen that way, but it's not like I don't know. It's not like President Donald Trump meeting with uh, 
Putin and whoever is currently running China behind closed doors or something. Well, well, I mean, actually, the world leaders usually meet behind closed doors. I mean, they usually have a lot of that. I mean, it's very choreographed where they'll meet for a time behind closed doors and then they come out and take questions from the media. But a lot of times those discussions happen behind closed doors. And I do think that's a good thing. I think world leaders sometimes do need to be able to, to just get out from the, 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 the light uh, and, and talk candidly with one another. Um, I think that's okay. I, I think sometimes that's how things get done. And I, I, I know that this is anathema to, to, to journalists. And, and trust me, I prefer that these things be very rare, particularly what Burgum did. But maybe not so much rare, but very narrow in their scope. But I think it's important. I mean, pipelines, obviously, a huge hot-button issue. I mean, we saw that with the no-dapple protests in our state. And the oil industry is probably very, very sensitive when it comes to how they talk about it because they don't want to say something that's going to turn around and be used as a talking point against them, be it fairly or unfairly. And so what the governor does is he says, come here, sit down behind closed doors, one-on-one. Let's just have a conversation about this. Let me express my concerns to you. You express your concerns to me. And let's maybe try to find a way where we can get better at this. I don't. I hear that. I see a positive. And I hear, I hear Governor Burgum fulfilling a campaign promise, which is to sit down, to listen, and to learn, and to respect. Because, again, if you do this in public, all you're going to get is a press release, right? I mean, you know, I mean, going to your point, Natil, if, if, if the leader of, of, the pre, of the president of the United States and the leader of Germany, if the only way they could talk to each other is, a bunch of, is in a bunch of – in front of a bunch of reporters, how useful are those discussions going to be, really? You know, just in terms of making deals, getting things done, finding common ground, talking pragmatically. I mean, we're at a point now, Donald Trump, like, whether or not his wife holds his hand is, like, headline news. Like, people freak out about this. There is so much scrutiny on every little facial tick, every little gesture, every little movement. How could you possibly have a ha, have a productive conversation if you're sitting in a room and you got a bunch of people around just sort of hanging on your every word, ready to twist every little face you make or whatever into whatever? I mean, how, how could you how could you get anything done? You couldn't. You couldn't. That's why I think this is useful. I think the smoky back room has a place. And we forget that. I mean, it, it runs contrary. None of the politicians are going to come out and defend it. But sometimes I think it's the right thing. 701 293 970 9329 Email talk at That's why I don't have to worry about running for office, though, right? I can sit here and say, I defend the smoky back room. Nobody has to elect me. It's true. <laughs> I can just say it. It's the right thing. You know, that's that's the beautiful thing about my job is nobody elects me. I could just come out and say things like the initiated measure process stinks. The electric doesn't know what they're doing a lot of the time. Voters are easily manipulated, easily misled, easily misinformed. I could say these things. I, I could also say, hey, sometimes the best public policy option is to do nothing. Right. I could make those arguments. The politicians can't. Right? What what politician is going to run on the platform of let's do nothing 
Or you know what? Let's have a bunch of meetings outside of the public's eye so that we could really have candid conversations and actually get things done for a change. No politician is going to do that. Which I think is why we end up electing so many idiots, right? <sighs> I'm very, I'm feeling very cynical today, Natil. You know, it sounds like it. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that the 2018 election has already begun. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm just say? cynical. I, I think I'm cynical. I, I have, I read social media and it makes me sort of lose faith in humanity at times. Um, you know, it makes me think maybe this experiment and self-governance isn't working out so well. And maybe we ought to find like a royal family to just rule us. You think? Oh, I, I, come on now. You're, <laughs> you want to go back to England, do you? Let's go back to monarchy. I don't think but that's now, really what you want. I think you'll be feeling really. better tomorrow. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I just get frustrated sometimes. Jay Thomas show coming up next. Remember, it'll be an extended edition of the Rob Report tomorrow. I'll be taking up an hour of Jay Thomas show, and he'll have a guest host in. Uh, Monday special schedule on uh, WDAY, so stay tuned for that. You can always catch me right here, 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday, except not this Monday. It's a holiday. Or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at SayAnythingBlog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.